Thank you, Ferdinand. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this wonderful week and a time to be with the children and a time to share with them about your love, a time for us to serve together as a church family and to give. And Lord, we did. We did learn about your power and we're reminded of your greatness and we need that power all the time. And Lord, this morning, as we think about your power in weakness, Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to be honest. Help us, Lord, to speak the truth to ourselves and acknowledge where we need your help. And help us, Lord, most of all to know just your great power to help us in times when we need you the most. Lord, let that be a truth that stays with us today, that your power is there for us especially in times of weakness. Help us to hear your voice. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Without a doubt, we all go through times of weakness. And I think all of us also want to be strong in those times. We want to be able to have the internal power to be able to make it through trials and to make it through tough times. But the reality is that for all of us, there are times in life that we just can't do it on our own. And the harder we try, it seems like the worse it gets. But the good news is that God uses our weakness to help us to find true strength. God uses whatever you're going through right now to invite you to come and to receive his power. And so today we have a message of encouragement for all of us and a message that all of us need to hear, especially if we're going through a desert time. And no one likes to go through a desert time. No one likes to go through tragedy. No one likes to go through things that come our way that seem to sort of take us totally off track and totally by surprise, seeming like we just walk off the edge of a cliff and we didn't even know the cliff was there. And there are questions that we ask in those times. I think there are two big questions that we ask. And we're going to try to find answers to those questions this morning from the words of Paul. And the first question I think we ask is, why? Why do I have to go through this? Paul was asking that question, and he found an answer in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, or if you want to look into your outline, you'll see it there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. And there are some Bibles there in the middle aisle. If the person wants to reach down and pass them to the outside, um, they're for you to take home if you need a Bible and for you to use today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. Okay. Would you read those verses out loud with me? Let's read them together. To keep me from becoming conceited, because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, and we'll stop there. Okay, we'll stop there. Thank you. God has spoken to us, and he's spoken to Paul. And he tells Paul why he's going through this hard time. 
For Paul, what had been happening was God had been speaking to him a lot. He'd been receiving great messages from God. He'd been seeing personal experiences with God. He had been going through great times of understanding God's truth and receiving revelation from God. He understood what it meant to go to heaven. He had had great visions, and so he was very excited about God. But God knew that Paul, being a human being, was prone to being proud. And so God allowed him to go through something that we don't exactly know what it is, but it's called a thorn in the flesh. And that thorn in the flesh could have been external. It could have been persecution. It could have been an ailment. It could have been internal. It could have been mental or spiritual. It could have been, as it probably seems to be here, some kind of satanic attack on him because it said that this thorn in the flesh came from Satan himself. And so these are things that Paul had to endure. Why? And he says, so that he wouldn't become conceited. And so this is one reason why God allows us to go through difficult times, even the desert. It humbles us. It teaches us humility. God doesn't want us to be conceited. God wants us to depend on him. He wants us to be humble like Jesus is humble. And so even as we go through trials and we become more humble, we become like Jesus, who said, I am humble in heart. And Jesus wants us to be more like him. It's something that happens as we go through difficult times. It's something that happens as we hang in there with God. It's something that allows us to be still. When we're successful and we're active and we're busy, we're so around the world and around our community. We're so out and busy that we don't have time to listen to God. But sometimes when we go through great trials and we really want to know what God says, we ask him and we're ready to listen. And so this is the second thing that happened to Paul and that can happen to us during times where we're going through great difficulty. And that is that we can learn to listen for God's voice. Whatever trial you're going through right now, God has something to say to you. Whatever trial you're going through in life, God has something personally to say to you. God wants us to ask him. And so Paul was praying. Paul came to the Lord three times and he asked the Lord for help. It's very similar to Jesus. Do you remember Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane before he was going to the cross? And when he was in the garden, he prayed a prayer and he said, Father, if you can, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And he prayed a second time, the same thing. God, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And he didn't hear God's voice yet. And so he prayed it a third time in that garden. God, take this cup away from me, but not my will but yours be done. Paul did the same thing. He said, God, take this thorn, take this problem away from me. God didn't speak. Paul asked the second time, God, take this problem away from me. It was still silent. God asked the, Paul asked the third time, God, take this thorn away from me. And then God spoke. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. He spoke to Paul, and God will speak to us. There was a time in my life, it was about 35 years ago, I was between college and seminary, and I was going through a really, really, really hard time. 
I was struggling with depression, I was struggling with OCD, and I was just really depressed, and I was very angry, and I was very upset, and I felt like I had no hope. And I prayed, and I asked God to take it away. I'd been suffering for, for years, and it, it didn't go away. I finally came to a breaking point. I remember that during lunch, during my lunch break at work, I would go to a neighborhood church, and I would pray. And this was in La Mesa, down in a suburb of San Diego. And I went to a church, and I still remember the church. It was called Faith Chapel. And I went there, and I went into the building, and I went up into the balcony, and I would pray. And on this day, I felt so hurt, and I felt so broken, and I just said, God, God, please, just, just break me. Do whatever you have to do. Just, I think I was asking God to just to, to kill me or to destroy me because it hurt so much. And for the first time, I don't remember this ever happening before this in my life, but I felt like I heard God's voice. And I don't think it was audible at all, but it was so clear in my mind as if it was audible. And the voice simply said this, a bruised reed I will not break, and a smoldering wick I will not snuff out. I heard that really clearly in my mind. I had read that in Scripture many different times. But in that moment, it became personal to me. It was God's voice to me. It's in Matthew chapter 12, verse 20. And it's talking about Jesus. And it's talking about Jesus coming into the world. And the Bible says that God says, Jesus is my servant and I've chosen him. He's the one I love. He's the one I delight in. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to all the nations. And then it says that this is what Jesus will do. He says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench or snuff out. Whatever trial you're going through, for some of us, it's worse than others. It's worse maybe than anything you've ever gone through up until this time in your life. And God says, I want to speak to you. But you have to listen. And that's what happens during hard times. This is one of the reasons why we go through hard times, so we can receive the comfort of God, so we can have faith in God and we can trust Him. But then there are things that God would have us to do. And I think this is the second question that, that we often ask. Because this was my question. I was like, okay, God, you're not going to snuff me out. All right? You're not going to break me even though I asked you to break me. You're not going to do that. So what do I do? What do I do? God said to Paul in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Well, the first thing that God would want us to do is to let Jesus' all-sufficient grace surround us. To let Jesus be our sufficiency. This word sufficient means to raise a barrier around something. It means to raise this barrier around so that we would know that where we are is enough and that we're safe and that we can be content. God is telling us that Jesus, when we have him in our lives, is sufficient to take care of us. He is enough for us. We can be content with what he's given to us, and he will give us his grace. He will touch us with his divine love and his goodness. And Jesus' grace led him to the cross. Jesus' grace led him to die for you and me. Jesus' grace was that he became a man so that he could understand what you and I are going through. Whatever you're going through, Jesus understands, and there's hope. 
It doesn't matter how bad it is. He's been through something like that. And he understands. And therefore, he says, since I understand, I want to help you. It's like what we were talking about with the children. It's like as little children, there are things that we want to do. But if a child tries to do it all by themselves, they may get hurt. If a child tries to do it all by themselves, they certainly won't be able to fulfill it. But if a parent comes and helps them, a parent brings the power to be able to help and to lift them up to do something they can't do on their own. And this is what was happening for Paul. And Jesus was saying to him, Jesus was speaking directly to Paul. And Jesus is saying, my power is for you. And this word power is dunamis in Greek. And it's the word dynamite in English. And so God's dynamite power in Jesus can live within us. And Jesus wants us to trust him. That he is sufficient to surround us. To be this barrier around us. And to take care of us. You can trust God to take care of you. He's also making you better. He's also making you better through the weakness that we're going through. I'm thankful now that I've gone through that trial. I was talking um, with my daughter this week, and she was asking me about what it was when I had, was suffering with obsessive-compulsive disorder. And as we were talking about it, I said to her, I think now, if you had asked me, if you asked me then, you know, what did I want? I would have said, God, take it away. But if you ask me now, am I glad that I went through it? And if I could push a button and that button would take away all the OCD I ever experienced in my life, would I push it or would I not push it so that I would be able to better understand what people go through when they go through hard times? I'm certain now that I would not push that button. I definitely would have pushed it you know, 35 years ago. But 35 years later, I've seen what God has done. And I just want to encourage you that right now you're going through something. Hey, and you probably would push the button and say, God, I don't want this. Please take it away. I just want to push the button, get rid of it. But if you hang in there, there will come a time where you will be thankful for what you've gone through. And not just for yourself, but for what it means for other people, of what you can give to other people, of how you can serve because you understand. I mean, it's not very comforting if somebody comes up to you and you've had a really difficult problem. Let's say like you're going through a divorce and you just know the pain of that. And so you begin to share with somebody and you go, you know what? I'm just hurting so much right now because of this divorce. And the other person goes, oh, I know how you feel. And you go, you do? And you go, yeah, you know, one time I broke up with this guy and it hurt so much. And you're going, you don't understand. You don't understand at all. I mean, I appreciate you trying, but you don't understand. It's like saying, you know, somebody's gone through a death and somebody else goes, yeah, I know how you feel. You go, oh, you've gone through a death recently. Yeah, my goldfish died. Like, huh? That doesn't work. To be able to understand what someone's going through, you have to go through it yourself. It's no fun. It's not what we want. But God uses it. God redeems it. And God helps us in it. And His all-sufficient grace is there to give us strength, whether it be illness and physical maladies, whether it be broken relationships, 
whether it be difficulties in our marriages, whether it be difficulties with our children, whether it be difficulties at work, whether it be difficulties with finances, whether it be difficulties with people at church, God will use it. His grace is sufficient. He will perfect us. And so this is the second thing. So therefore, let him perfect us. Let him perfect us in this weakness. The word perfect means to achieve its purpose and its design. God wants to finish what he's begun in you, and he uses the imperfections of our lives to perfect us. I like the way the Message Bible translates this verse. When you have it in your outline, it's also up on the screen. But the Message Bible translates it this way. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Whenever we go through a difficult time, God comes through and helps us in that weakness when we turn to him. When we go through that time, Christ's strength comes into us and helps us to become better people. It helps us to become the people that we want to be in the first place. And Paul says that he would even boast about this or he would rejoice about it. He would rather rejoice in his weakness than rejoice in his strength. In other words, he's saying, I would rather have physical weakness so that I know God's strength than to pretend to have human strength and not know God's power in my life. God wants us to know his power and he will perfect us through the struggle, but we have to hang in there. We have to pursue what is right. We have to pursue what is good. We have to do the things that we know that God wants us to do so that that which is right and that which is good becomes that which also helps to perfect us to be the people that God wants us to be. So what do we do? When we go through these trials, the first thing is we let Jesus' all-sufficient grace surround us. The second thing is we let him perfect us even in our weakness. And the third thing is we let the power of Jesus dwell inside of us. We let the power of Jesus dwell inside of us. In verse 9, Paul said that God had said to him that Christ's power could rest on him. And this word rest is the word tabernacle. It was the place where God's glory would dwell. It's a place where God wants to live within our lives. Even though we may feel weak, God will help us to be strong. God wants to live with his strength within us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says, For to be sure, Jesus was crucified in weakness. Yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him. Yet by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. God allowed Paul to go through weakness so that he would become a better servant of God. I believe that's true for all of us as well. That God is allowing you to go through whatever trial you're going through so that you could be a better servant of God. But you can't do that, and I can't do that on my own power. I need Christ's power within me. But even the Bible tells us here that Christ experienced weakness. He experienced weakness by being crucified and by being nailed to the cross. And that's what Easter is all about. 
is that Jesus became weak so that someday we could become strong. And so that he became weak and he resurrected so that he could have that resurrection strength live within us. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so in 2 Corinthians 13, we talked about Easter. But here in John 1, 14, we're talking about Christmas is that Jesus became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. It's the same word that we have in our passage for today as where Christ's power may rest on us. The word rest means dwelling, just as it does here in John chapter 1, verse 14, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling. He rested among us so that we could see his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father that Jesus brings his grace and his truth. And so Jesus is wanting to live within us with his power to rest in us. And so Paul understood then, and you and I can understand too, that God has something very good for us, even in the midst of our weakness. In verse 10, it says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And we can so personalize that with the things that are going on in our lives. It is the opposite of what we want, but it is the reality of what we need. It is the paradox of how God so often works in our lives and in this world. That Paul could say, for Christ's sake, I actually am glad for the weaknesses. In fact, not only would I not push the button to take away the problems, I would actually push another button to get more problems that might help me to be tested. Trust in God even more. Wow. That takes a lot of courage. But that's what he says. He says, I delight in weaknesses and insults. Do you like insults? Oh. Do you like hardships? No. Do you like to be persecuted? Of course not. Do you like your difficulty? No. But Paul said, even if those things come, I now take delight in them. I accept them. Because I realize that, way, that what they are doing is they are helping me to see how weak I am so that I can know the strength of God. So Paul did not get the answer that he wanted to his prayers, but he got the answer to his prayers. Sometimes it's good for us and good for others to go through the most difficult of moments. Just think, we have Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it brings us so much comfort. But we wouldn't have got it if David didn't go through the valley of the shadow of death. David wrote that because he went through the valley of the shadow of death. That's how we ended up with this great comforting psalm. We would not have the encouragement of Paul's words that Christ's strength is ours, that in our weakness he is strong. If Paul didn't go through difficulties, all of God's people that are strong have gone through weakness. And we get great things because other people have suffered before us. But most of all, if Jesus did not drink the cup, if Jesus didn't go through the suffering and bear our sin for us, then we would not have hope in this life. 
And so we, like Jesus, also have to go through difficulties. We cannot try and fix our problems, but rather we have to turn them over to God. How do I turn my problems over to God? I turn myself over to God. I give myself to Jesus. I give all of myself, including my problems, to him. His mercy is unfailing. His arm is a fortress for the weak. He is our refuge and he is our strength. And if we will pour out our heart to him, we will find out that our God is faithful, always faithful, always trustworthy, always powerful, always strong. So I invite you, that even as we sing now, that this be your prayer, that you turn yourself over into God's arms, that you let him dwell within you, that you turn your life over to him, that you will know God's power even in the midst of any weakness that you're going through or any weakness you will ever go through, that he will be your strength. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Whatever we are going through right now, whatever weakness, whatever pain, whatever sorrow, Lord, I pray that we would find our strength in you. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice. Help us, Lord, to know your presence. Help us, Lord, to know the reality that you understand, and that you care. Most of all, Lord, help us to know Jesus, even as Paul did, that we might rest in him, that he might rest in us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.